Hello there. Hello everyone and welcome back to Jedi Knights. I'm your host, Christian Buckley, joined across the hollow net by my co-host, my Chewy, Mike Connors. I don't know who created the internet, but they need to rename it to the hollow net. Yeah, like who I mean Okay, so was the uh, the concept or at least the name Hollow Net was that introduced in like prequel era? Because I don't think they ever talked about that in the OT. I don't think they talked about it in the OT. I'm not sure if it was like still part of the canon though, like mm-hmm. before the prequels. Um, I think it may have just been a prequel era thing that they introduced. The th- confusing thing about the Hollow Net to me is that I'm not sure if it acts like an internet or like a, like a broadcast service mm. or like both. You know. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I feel like in the world of Star Wars, with the ability to write the Force to be any sort of outlet for any problem, the Holonet is probably the internet as flexible as we can think it could be. You're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing good, Christian. How are you? Doing all right. You know, we're still uh, living the Star Wars life in these in these times of doubt. <laughs> It's been a it's been a good opportunity to like do some more deep Star Wars uh, uh, investigation, you know. For sure, yeah. Uh, any progress on Kotor? Um, honestly, not much progress on on Kotor because I've been playing a little bit more Battlefront Two. I'm very sl- I'm very slow and deliberate with my gaming, I guess. Yeah, me um, too. So I'm not trying to like rush through it really. Um. I totally understand that. For somebody who like covers games in my free time, I I'm so slow. Like I, I Final Fantasy VII came out April 10th. Still not done with it. It's not a yeah, long game. Yeah, well, I mean, the, I, what I understand, the Final Fantasy games are like super dense, right? Yeah, this one's kind of linear, but like I'm taking my time. Right. So. Yeah. Well, that makes sense that you still haven't finished it yet, but yeah. Well, welcome to the Final Fantasy podcast. <laughs> well, if we want to switch it up, uh, talking Star Wars games, I've also been messing a little more. Last week, I talked about Star Wars Galaxies, and um, after recording last week, I uh, I squatted up with two of my friends, Zach and Brandon. And I was like, guys, let's try this. I downloaded a get this a PC game, a PC game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic that's pretty cool so you so you were playing with some other other folks yeah so uh, i was playing galaxies with both of them as well and then we decided to try upgrading like 15 years of an mmo <laughs> yeah and um it's been fun i i pledged my allegiance to the sith i made a zabrak sith marauder no just juggernaut okay cool um it's been fun i probably put maybe like 10 hours in over the past week have uh, you finished like the tutorial yet? yeah yeah i'm off world i finished the first like arc i have a master now i seeded his former apprentice um so it's been cool it's interesting i i don't know how deep i'm gonna go with it but seeing the scale of the old republic and a story focused on the sith i think is really interesting because i tor- typically skew jedi right yeah, so so why did you choose Sith, uh, Sith over Jedi if you're normally skewed toward the toward the Jedi? Honestly, it's because I normally skew Jedi. Like I I think with something like a Fallen Order where they have this very deliberate focused message and story with Cal and the Jedi Order, that's a nice experience there. But with something that's flexible and uh it's made by bioware so you do have a lot of choices and uh agency in the way you tackle situations but yeah i was like you know what let's i'm not super familiar with the old republic era outside of a handful of characters so maybe get the perspective of the sith and the sith army see what that's like and it's been really interesting just seeing the way that this proto empire has their allegiances in line based on the like superiority of pure blood sith culture it's really fascinating honestly yeah th- those games like get really into the lore um i think they're they really built it off of like the uh knights of the old republic and stuff um, oh for sure yeah but yeah the uh that's cool that you that's cool that you picked a zabrak though 
Yeah. Well, I've I played the free version and they give you like three choices for your race. Um and Zabrak was one of them. All three of us, me and my two friends are all Zabrak Nice. Cool. It was that or human. Um but uh, I I saw you could get uh Kit Fisto's species. I forget what it's called. It's like Octillery or something. Yeah, I don't I don't really I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's cool though. It's a cool MMO. I if your computer can handle it. Unfortunately, it's only on PC, not on Mac. So, uh, so I can um, recommend it. The the free version of the game is actually pretty dense. Like that, they, they probably they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of the expansions, right? So, I, I believe you go up to level sixty in the free version. Uh, you have all the base story content. So, what's shipped with the game is free um and obviously like they you don't earn stuff at like a fast fast pace because they want you to level or like get a subscription so you can access the bonus content and like the xp modifiers and stuff like that but uh from what i've played it's fun i'll probably at least see through the story of my zabrak i don't know about the expansions but it's been cool nice dude uh i i I don't have access to my pc right now but once mm-hmm. i do i will make sure that i start playing this game again because i actually enjoyed it while i was playing it yeah it's we could squat up except absolutely we, except we couldn't could we mm-hmm. I, so i don't know but i they let you make four characters in the free version so i will make a jedi or at least republic character um eventually but <laughs> yeah it's it's cool the mmo stuff was a little off-putting at first you know because i typically don't play games like that the closest is like destiny maybe Mm -hmm. but quickly especially playing with friends i think it helped a lot to like just get into the world and experience the story so yeah it 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 had a night sealed republic vibe for me when i played it yeah Mm -hmm. which is cool if you're a fan of that check it out for sure what you know what you and i are both fans of star wars yes absolutely but more specifically the mandalorian right uh every week we're just graced with some mando news yeah so so what what's the news this week christian uh so we have a couple little nuggets uh first off i'm not sure if we got this i think this might have happened mid-recording last week we may have mentioned it, don't remember, but Katie Sackhoff, the voice actor of Bo-Katan in Rebels and Clone Wars, uh, has been cast to play Bo-Katan in live action for Mando Season 2. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's really cool. Is that, like, confirmed? I I can double check, but I'm pretty sure it was, like, a variety report or something. Very cool. Um, Are you familiar with her live action work? I have no idea. I have never seen her live action. Really? Um, I mean, well, maybe I have. I have no idea. So, what's her name again? Katie Sackhoff. Right. Have you seen a show called Battlestar Galactica? Oh yeah, yeah. She's Starbuck. Oh, she plays Starbuck. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool, right? That's pretty cool. Uh, so yes, yeah, so it looks like Slash Film, Sci Fi Wire uh ign all reporting that yes she is cast as bo-katan that's cool so she she does the voice for her though yes so it's it's cool i it's an interesting choice i think with what we can look to recently where rosario dawson was cast as ahsoka when ashley Eckstein voices the character and has forever um but then someone like Katie Sackhoff, who was introduced in, what, season three or four of Clone Wars, um, was granted, I guess, right of first refusal, and she said, yes, I want this, maybe. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think I don't think Ashley Eckstein really had much, like, acting experience. Like, live-action stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that could be it. Cause... Katie, Katie Sackhoff, like, does. Yeah, and I think the role of Starbuck, as someone who's seen Battlestar and you have as well, like, in line with the probably, like, physical demands of what uh, Bo-Katan is going to be doing in Mando, you know? Right, totally. So, very similar character in terms of, like, the attitude, very hardened soldier, cocky, 
good pick though obviously yeah i mean that's 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 great i, I for some reason i for, i don't know why i didn't realize that she was starbuck but mm-hmm. yeah knowing that now that's a great pick absolutely yeah and i, I i'm wondering at this point how much crossover there's going to be between these characters that we know are coming back and their prior relationships between each other like do you think her episode is the same episode as ahsoka's or is it the same episode as boba fett's like i feel like you could do an interesting plot with both options if not this all the same episode but do you think do you think we're gonna see this show like delve into like doing arcs i think maybe yes i i could see mando this time uh let's say they have nine episodes they had eight before right um yeah i think so so let's say they have nine right each one's still half an hour i think they could probably run with what worked before and maintain the sort of spirit of this is an individual story within the season Mm -hmm. and probably do like three episode arcs of each one being half an hour still like okay this is the arc with boba fett this is the arc with bo katan this is the arc with ahsoka you know yeah now here's the question do you have different directors for each of those episodes or do you have like uh like the same direct director like direct an arc that's tricky because um i I think especially with television a lot of it still comes down to the showrunner and producers to maintain like the sort of consistency right yeah where directing for tv is a little more you can get act not acts but like you can get replaced for the next episode when you're in the middle of telling a story you know because it, like Bryce Dallas Howard didn't write her episode, you know, like John Favreau Filoni did. That's um, true. So she gets to bring her style behind the camera right. to that episode, but not necessarily. Um, I don't know. I guess. I guess. Like, but would you? Wouldn't you want to see as a director if you're only directing a third of the story? Wouldn't you want to like, like fulfill your vision throughout like that one story? Yeah, I if it was me i was like i would probably be like yeah please give me three episodes give me a 90 minute or a hundred or almost yeah 30 30 30 90 minute story within star wars to direct fully for tv yeah please but i I think season one proved that we can still tell an overarching narrative eventually across a multitude of directors yeah i yeah i wonder if we're 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 gonna see that for season two i'm Mm -hmm. not sure maybe maybe we will but Mm -hmm. um it's i don't know it's an interesting thought experiment for me yeah to think like what would happen if one director was able to direct three episodes in a row but who knows probably not maybe we'll get there eventually uh it sounds like or at least it sounded like that's the direction obi-wan was going so maybe it's a case-to-case for each show true well, Deborah Chow's just doing the Obi-Wan show, right? Yes. Right. So, uh, you know what will be in Man of Season 2, though, consistently? The Mandalorian? Of course. And guess Baby. who he's going to be facing off against? Not Baby Yoda. No, but Timothy Oliphant. Okay. Do you know who that is? No. Uh, why don't you do a quick Google search to see if uh, he looks familiar because I'm sure he will Timothy uh, he what? O-L-Y P-H-A-N-T Okay. Uh, he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood he was in Fargo, he was in a few episodes of The Office he was in a Die Hard film uh, so he's been around as an actor, you've probably seen him okay. somewhere sure, he looks really generic yeah, so um <laughs> I, I'm curious as to what his role will be in Mando season two, if it will be recurring, if it will be a one-off, but like it, like we said when we started talking Mando today, the Mando news does not stop, and this is more of it. Yeah, I, I guess that whoever this guy is, he's also a descendant of the Vanderbilt, the Vanderbilt family, so there really? you go. Now there's a Vanderbilt in Star Wars. <laughs> uh, do you have any thoughts on this outside of that? Um seems fine uh is he like specifically cast as a villain no i just kind of figured based on his prior roles he has like a a smarminess to him that i feel like could fit well maybe he's like a gangster or something i don't know 
Um, but I, I think he could fit in in a nice, like, maybe not recurring Moff Gideon sort of role, but maybe more of like a, oh, you, you, oh, you, thorn in my side. <laughs> yeah, know? true. I would have, I would have expected that the second season that it's main, you know, villain is going to be, uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character. Yeah. I, I, I think that's safe to assume maybe he could be an underling or, again maybe just like a side arc of like okay now we're dealing with this gangster that kidnapped baby yoda like something like that i don't know no no more capturing a baby yoda oh it's gonna happen that thing can't walk yet i know do you think there's gonna be a time skip between mando season one and two where baby yoda has some time to age up i don't know maybe but i can't imagine they want to jump too far ahead in the post episode six period yet you know fair enough yeah like because if, if, if they jump like 10 years and stuff is the same it's like okay so what happened is the academy up and running yet like i feel like that brings up so many more questions for the greater universe at that point oh that, um, what if the show ends with the mandalorian having to bring this child to the jedi temple but that means ben solo kills it <laughs> whatever uh who knows maybe we'll see what happens with that (laughs) i don't know just a thought uh one last little nugget for mandalorian though uh gary witta you know gary witta yeah of course he wrote rogue one he did if you're not familiar if you don't follow him on twitter uh he has been in quarantine hosting a late night talk show on twitch Uh, i believe it's just twitch.tv slash gary witta uh entirely produced in animal crossing where you laugh me and uh kevin diaz who both host games cast right on our episode of games cast where we went over animal crossing like two months ago we did it in animal crossing and then like a month later gary but it was like the first ever talk show i was like okay dude okay not the first ever talk show gary not the Wood. first on the record much more successful better produced but <laughs> Anyway. But not the first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had Danny Trejo on this week. Okay. And it, don't tell me they talked about Star Wars. They did talk about Star Wars. Oh my gosh. So I believe. Wait, on wait this episode, is this is coming off the heels that um, uh, who's Robert Rodriguez? Yeah. 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 So uh, it's funny enough because we talked about it last week, right? Right. Um, Gary, what a direct quote from the episode. I don't have any clout at Lucasfilm, but let me tell you something. If I could wave a magic wand right now, Danny Trejo as a badass bounty hunter of the Star Wars universe, I think a lot of people would want to see that. When I added, uh, quote, I'm going to call Filoni after the show and we're going to get him on. And so far he's been able to get a lot of people on this show, so I I am curious to see if his Star Wars connections end up uh, bleeding over. You're thinking... thinking, um like he's going to get dave filoni to like go on his talk show that's what he said he said out out during that interview he's like we're gonna call filoni and he's the next like goal for the show because he's had like danny treo uh elijah wood um t Payne. i'm sure he could the man literally wrote rogue one yeah like like i'm sure he could if he really wanted to he could get yeah uh, he can get in touch with him yeah he at least knows the people you know like yeah he i think he was taken off rogue one before like before the reshoots happened but he still has a name there you know he's like gareth edwards level like he did stuff for star wars totally i think his name is like in the credits right yeah it's i'm pretty sure it's still like story by gary Wada and his writing partner yeah so that's major that i feel like that's major clout yeah i i feel like he's selling himself short honestly yeah yeah, for real like yeah yeah come on man like your name's still on the story thing on wikipedia yeah like i think you're right he's selling himself short Mm -hmm. so directly danny trejo i guess this puts some water over our fire about robert rodriguez bringing him in oh no this is not this is not the way i wanted it to go no this is not the way um 
but hey who knows maybe he's already in there maybe he can't say anything i mean like that's true ewan mcgregor like totally lied about the fact that he had been in talks with disney for like three years oh yeah straight up like man of season two is done shooting so katie sackoff been cast you know and then like oh yeah it was like here you go she probably that's so crazy to think about she had probably shot all of her scenes yeah while we were still in the early days of our clone wars episodes she was probably on set also the news that robert rodriguez was directing an episode that's probably like already happened yeah i i think he well yeah 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 similar to the katie sackoff thing he definitely has already shot his episode yeah that's just great that's part crazy. Of season two that's um, crazy to think about for sure yeah well that does it for mando news but we do have some more disney plus star wars news to discuss mike so uh if you know anything about television ratings uh nielsen reports for the old methods of tv and cable uh nielsen stuff doesn't really factor in with streaming services because it's a completely different beast true but sometimes netflix reports their viewership you know sometimes hulu's like oh this many viewers at once um there was that weird report i think at the end of last year saying that like netflix counts two minutes of viewership for anything on their service as a view so like i feel you like have... i feel like that that counts well yeah i mean like saying like two minutes of an episode of stranger things counts as the full episode so okay that kind of report of like just counting the view numbers that's what we're talking here okay um there's a report that came out uh, i can read through most of this if you want and then we can talk about it because uh this is explained much better than i can explain it personally sure all right, so be through a report from Parrot Analytics. First to become number one, Stranger Things had to beat out some Netflix. Oh, sorry. Netflix are very good at dominating social conversation and trending worldwide. It's winner Stranger Things came in at number three on May 4th as the highest viewed series on a streaming service like this This, is ever yes okay uh the number one spot for the week of may 4th went to star wars the clone wars with over 139.9 million average daily demand expressions uh which is up that's a lot yeah that's a lot so within the week of may 4th okay so this is strictly this one week we're talking about right now Uh uh 139.9 million average daily demand expressions which i'm assuming just means views right um which is up 43.7 percent it took the number one spot in april this is again about clone wars with 67 million digital expressions so in april the clone wars on disney plus averaged 67 million digital expressions and uh, the week of May 4th, it went to 139.9 million. Interesting. That is a huge jump. It is. Uh, Sam Witwer, voice of Darth Maul, had a nice little comment about uh, this report. Oh, I'm sure he's pleased. Oh, he's very pleased. <laughs> On uh, May 15th, he tweeted out, I always thought this was just something we did for ourselves and that a few people liked it. Uh in response to the incredibly high ratings and viewing viewership that is uh, that is a lot of people (laughs) it is you know and i'm sure it's similar to game of thrones when that ended of like just curiosity you know because i watched like two and a half seasons of game of thrones and i was like i'll just watch the finale i don't care enough but uh yeah regardless great news for the clone wars animation team (laughs) yeah i think i don't i honestly think that we'll see more of the clone wars you have to imagine that they understand they have such a ravenous base now right yeah especially with what they with with what they made like yeah it was incredible like it was awesome 
<laughs> I, I have to ask you, I guess, do you think that with the level of execution of season seven, right, where the first two arcs were essentially pre-planned, you know, it wasn't any, like, groundbreaking new stuff. They were filler, let's be yeah. honest. Well, even, like, before the idea of season seven came around, those idea those episodes were, like, pre-planned already. Yeah. So, the only new, like, original, original content that we want to, if we want to, like, split hairs here is the Siege of Mandalore arc. So, taking that in mind, that level of production, do you think it's more likely that we get more Clone Wars with that level of production or an entirely new series? I think Disney is going to make more Clone Wars with that level of production. Uh, What's your reasoning for going that way? Um, I think they're greedy and they want money. And the Clone Wars is really popular, like you just said. Um, Just look at the number of people who are, like, watching it or or at least, like, engaging in it in some way online, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I feel... I don't know if this is necessarily me thinking the opposite or just, like, bringing up this point to play mm -hmm. devil's advocate, but, like, I could see a world where they say hey we're doing more clone wars again and some fans are like okay so is it back or are you just gonna keep saying this is the final season because this has happened three times at this point i mean i don't know they'd probably find some like marketing scheme to like make it look like they're not bringing it back but instead Mm -hmm. like instead like remastering like unreleased episodes or something like that you know well that was what the netflix season was right it was like the lost episode the lost archives something like that they'd do something like that they'd be like they'd be like we're gonna take like old ideas and maybe some new ones and just like Mm -hmm. create them and we're not really bringing it back we're just doing it because we think it's fun and you guys Mm -hmm. like it yeah and it makes us money (laughs) (laughs) so i i do wonder though if weighing that like they wouldn't rather just keep those fans hungry for the possibility of more down the line and then put the resources into a show that's serving an audience that isn't being served right now which i could see being post episode six you know we've talked about that animated show a lot because we think it's happening eventually right i do that's probably more likely Mm -hmm. you're probably right like like you're probably right. I don't know. Because there is such an, a nostalgia for those characters, I think, in the Disney era. Like, clearly the sequel trilogy focused on it a lot. Uh, Mandalorian is exploring that territory as well. Uh, the comics, since Disney bought Star Wars, have always been filling the gaps between uh, 4, 5, 6. Solo, even. Like, I I feel like rather than doing more clone wars and being like hey we're bringing it back again for a final season or however they market it like rather than risking maybe boy who cried wolf syndrome for their audience with that delving into this era that we've touched on in the disney uh years but hasn't been fleshed out a ton yet yeah and i think what you were saying about keeping fans like ravenous for something mm-hmm. um almost like works better in the out in in the end <laughs> yeah um because you can just like build a lot of tension a lot of hype around something um yeah i, but, I think a, go ahead no i, I think I, I don't know i'm i'm kind of split on it i i, I can see them kind of like doing either thing mm-hmm. um but i do believe that they're going to invest like heavy resources in some sort of animated project that will have that will have the quality of of something like the clone wars uh like the like the past season the clone wars that we just saw so yeah i absolutely agree that is why i asked these questions i i think (laughs) yeah no i just i just think it's definitely something that's gonna that's gonna happen like Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's whether it's the clone wars or whether it's like this completely other you know new thing like Mm -hmm. honestly it doesn't matter like it's gonna be cool no matter what Mm -hmm. 
I, I'm eager to see that happen. Um, I, I feel like it's a matter of time before we get that series announcement. And I do think with the tone we eventually reached with Clone Wars, with like the hunger of it, how big it was on social media, I do think it's just all going to build up to be like a learning process of what the next series ends up being, you know? Definitely, yeah. So they see those numbers they know what they mean yeah no they definitely do <laughs> um well next up uh mike do you want to talk about ray's lightsaber of course or some prequel love um let's do the prequel love last and the ray's lightsaber now. okay so you and i were browsing the internet before the show and we were it turns out because of a social media comment from staff behind the rise of skywalker lucasfilm art director phil Sostack. i hope i'm pronouncing that right um commented yeah. on uh, some disappointment with ray's lightsaber just being there right at the end her original yellow lightsaber mm-hmm and uh, Phil had to say on Twitter, quote, the lightsaber was going to be in more than just a one shot at the end. There was going to be a subplot throughout the film showing Rey working on it at her bench using the Jedi texts as a guide, end quote. Um, you mentioned you had a little more yeah. context here. Yeah, so uh, there's a comicbook.com article that references the Star Wars uh, Rise of Skywalker novelization. Um, and apparently, Ray wanted to create a dual-bladed lightsaber. Quote, she eyed the unfinished lightsaber on her workbench. It wasn't ready yet, and the one she'd painstakingly repaired, Luke's, didn't belong to her. So her quarterstaff would have to suffice as a weapon, which was just fine. It had served her well in Jakku for years. In fact, someday she once mastered this lightsaber building once in fact someday once she had mastered this lightsaber building business she might design one that felt more like a quarterstaff in her hand familiar and hefty two business ends maybe with a hinge in the middle for portability hinge in the middle is an interesting touch yeah i just thought that's interesting um because a lot of people wanted that and yeah. the the you know gold color of it the yellowness of the blade is something that people also wanted and if she had a double-bladed lightsaber it would be very bastila like for sure yeah and i think we get more colors in the future you know like y- you and i back in like october or november we were talking about the uh heavy appearance of blue sabers in this new era right and I think especially with like the higher public stuff uh seeing green and yellow on the cover of that novel like I I think we're in for more variety in the future. But with Ray's saber specifically, what's your biggest takeaway here in terms of thinking it was a fine arc to cut because there was so much in this movie already? Uh mm, I mean, I think I mean, I think that they should have just done the whole entire movie differently. (laughs) Like, there was a lot in it. Yeah. And I don't like most of it, so I'm like, why don't you just cut the rest of it? And, like, (laughs) just, but, I don't know. What's up? Yeah. I I think it's an interesting sort of example of what some people don't like about the sequel era, where it's sacrificing new for filling in the old you know like yeah we could have had ray building her saber as like a subplot rather than like fleshing out leia's saber like didn't one of the aftermath books deal with leia's training in some capacity and then rise of skywalker kind of like trampled over that yeah i I believe so i mean it's just like we've never seen really a jedi on in the films like create their lightsaber there's like mm-hmm. that deleted scene from return of the jedi but yeah. that's it like yeah. that's it that's it and like i feel like it would have been cool for her to like go th- maybe like she maybe it would be like a reflection of her own like character's journey of some sort you could you, yeah. could, t- you could tie it in somehow mm-hmm. i wonder if I that mean, kind of creation lends itself better to a video game narrative because like the way it's handled in fallen order 
won't really spoil the sequence because it's a great sequence but like the the path of discovery you go on there and like the choice involved i think is just awesome like they nail that they really nailed that and i feel like it's such an important thing that you should probably dedicate like at least five minutes maybe ten to do what you said sort of like reflect on your own path i guess like touch on like luke in the cave sort of vibes touch on the mirror snapping and last jedi kind of thing and then go through these challenges to actually build it right visually i think it'd be so interesting but you i feel like it would take up too much time in a movie maybe i know but i'm saying like if they just changed the basic plot of the movie (laughs) it could it could you know they could find a way to make it serviceable they totally could (laughs) (laughs) which is my suggestion um question for you directly how many times in this quarantine have you browsed like ultimate saber or ultra saber that's so funny you bring that up i was literally doing that like last night and that's that's been like the third time that i've done it this entire quarantine i definitely you know i've been talking with my girlfriend a lot about like hey once this is over galaxy's edge eventually when we like put some money aside yeah because i i I just want a lightsaber dude i don't want to live my whole life with just the like ten dollar plastic ones that i had as a kid yeah what color would you get probably green same like same (laughs) green growing up was my favorite color and loved luke's uh saber prequels loved qui-gon's especially but like Mm -hmm. i wish i could say something cool like oh yeah i want yellow but nah. honestly yellow is my second favorite color yellow is my second also and then i think purple but like there's only been one canon purple as far as i know and it belongs to mace windu yeah purple's not up there for me it's probably like green for sure than yellow than blue yeah i agree well <laughs> yeah but i mean i i'm i think it's i think it's ultra savers actually it has mm-hmm. they have a really great replica it's it looks good it's a replica of the uh luke's return of the jedi lightsaber mm-hmm. um and yeah i've like temp i've been very tempted to like just buy it yeah i i want to try to hold out for the galaxy's edge trip but i might just end up buying one online at some point honestly you could have two i could i could you you probably will i probably will yeah (laughs) same (laughs) uh well we have uh some good vibes this is one of my favorite stories of the past like two months okay i don't even think you know about this so on reddit there is a a subreddit called r slash star wars right and they have uh let me actually oh, yeah. check this live i'm i'm uh, i'm a part of that i'm gonna pull up the actual subreddit to see this because a couple weeks ago uh it was brought should, to I, the should attention... I pull it up as well you don't have to you know uh it was brought to the attention of a subreddit called r slash prequel memes that okay. they were gaining on the number of subs that uh subscribe to just the standard r slash star wars right (laughs) yeah yeah i think i think i saw that actually yeah and like it got to the point where they were reaching out to like r slash raimi memes for like the raimi spider-man movies and like uh lord of the rings memes of like trying to get recruits to pass (laughs) r slash star wars and there were even people myself included who (laughs) unsubbed from r slash star wars just to like get the numbers going up further yeah uh, so that was like a, just a fun little story going on, right? But more recently, like r slash prequel memes is too powerful now. Has it surpassed r slash Star Wars? I can check live. Um, so not yet. Prequel memes is 1,404,540. Uh, so they are trailing by about 80k. But okay i'm going to r slash star wars right now live Mm -hmm. and i'm unsubbing (laughs) so let me tell you about uh what happened recently this past week rotten tomatoes has been doing this summer blockbuster 
March Madness-esque poll of like pitting some of the biggest named summer blockbusters against each other right in this bracket and like recent summer blockbusters just like all time like i'll i'll give some of them it's like dark knight went against uh ghost men in black went against shrek mm, uh that's a good one jaws so it men, was in, men in black versus shrek where would you vote on that uh, probably shrek yeah like men in black has the song but Shrek is Shrek is better. Men in Black's pretty cool, but it is. But Shrek Shrek's a classic. They're both classics. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Welcome to the Shrek podcast. No, I'm just, <laughs> I just I looked back at the diagram again, and the first thing I see is Shrek two. Shrek two had to face Finding Dory. It won, and then it had to face <laughs> Back to the Future. Oh, did it lose? No, Back to the Future won there. So clearly there's a logical choice being made for which one should move on right right it was brought to the attention of r slash prequel memes that revenge of the sith uh which had already fought the matrix reloaded and terminator 2 and one against both of those yep Mm -hmm. uh was going up against avengers endgame uh (laughs) and I believe the initial post that said, hey, the hell is this, had Revenge of the Sith at like 19% of the vote, and then Endgame was blowing it out of the water, right? Okay. Somebody made a post on prequel memes. They were like, we got to do this. And then almost, honestly, I can try to find the actual updated percentage, but for the sake of this, it basically flipped. So, like, by the end of it, Endgame only had, like, 19% of the vote because prequel memes flooded this tournament. Holy crap. Yeah. So, wait, the, can you remind me once again where the tournament is for, is on? It's Rotten Tomatoes. I can send you the link to this if you would like to see it. Yeah, I do kind of want to see this. <laughs> uh, and for listeners, if you're curious about it, uh, I will have it posted on the YouTube video at around 42 minutes into the episode. Um yeah we're down to the final eight right now uh revenge of the sith up next is against the dark knight rises oh revenge of the sith for sure uh we have two other star wars films in the top eight we have empire against back to the future wait wait we have the entire original trilogy in the top eight yeah uh all right a new hope against raiders of the lost ark and return of the jedi against Finding nemo you want to go through you want to go through these sure there's enough star wars ones we could do that yeah um i mean each each one has star wars oh yeah you're totally right uh star wars should we just can we complete the bracket right now please star wars against raiders what are you voting because here's Uh, the thing honestly Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Raiders is a 10. New Hope is like an 8. Honestly, New Hope is fine, and I really love it. I I do. But, like, Mm -hmm. there are better Star Wars movies than New Hope. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the better Star Wars movies are all in this bracket. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Return of the Jedi against Finding Nemo. I'm going Return of the Jedi on this one. I don't know where you are um you know honestly wild card finding nemo really no return of the jedi okay was that a troll or were you actually considering that i was like truly considering finding nemo because i love it but like i don't know how you really compare these two no i mean nostalgic for both you know but i feel like comprehensively return of the jedi is just better true yeah all right return of the jedi uh this one's tough empire strikes back versus back to the future part one it's not tough at all it's a little tough for me because i think the only perfect movie that exists is back to the future hey man if if it's back to the future for you then you you choose back to the future but for me it's empire yeah empire is still my favorite star wars movie but i'm going back to the future on this one all um, right 
and easily on here. Revenge of the Sith versus Dark Knight Rises. It's the easiest one. Revenge, Revenge of the Sith. So now, Mike, we come to Return of the Jedi versus Raiders. Mm-hmm. I think on this one... Oh, this one's hard, actually. I, I will choose Raiders of the Last Dark on this one. You know, I'm leaning that as well because Return is not my favorite OT film, but Raiders, again, is just like a 10. So. Ra- Raiders is like... But Raiders isn't even the best Indiana Jones movie. It's and, not the best, but it's my favorite. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It is very good. What's your favorite? My favorite Indiana Jones? Yeah. Raiders. I said best is uh, Crusade. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to choose Raiders. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Raiders as well. And then finally, for the sake of conversation, Empire versus Revenge of the Sith. Empire. I'm thinking Empire as well, but Mike, with how powerful we have already seen prequel memes be, I think that uh, Revenge of the Sith might take this whole bracket. Probably, yeah. Uh, so, for the final two then, Empire versus Raiders, what do you have? Empire. Yeah, Empire. Wait, yeah, absolutely. But didn't you have Back to the Future versus Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, but for the sake of our choices here, I, I gave it to Empire because it's a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> well, I'm, interest, I'm interested to hear Back to the Future versus Revenge of the Sith. Back to the Future is a better movie, but I, Revenge of the Sith is just perfect. <laughs> you know? So yeah. I, I'd go Back to the Future, and that would be, I guess, Back to the Future versus Raiders for me. Which um, would be Back to the Future yeah fair enough i thought that was a fun little story and now if you go on to prequel memes it's all people quoting like palpatine talking about bringing peace to a new the first ever galactic republic or galactic empire anakin saying he's brought justice to his new empire (laughs) all this sorts of stuff it's very funny i recommend looking at it if you if you look at right now uh revenge of the sith versus the dark knight rises um, I just voted for Revenge of the Sith, and there's 89% for Revenge of the Sith to The Dark Knight Rises 11. I mean, one, deservedly, mm-hmm. <laughs> but two, yeah, I think it's safe to say that prequel memes has this in the bag. Yeah. Uh, so that's a fun little positive story about the Star Wars community I wanted to Definitely. <laughs> it, it's looking like it's just going to be Star Wars movies in the last four yeah i i think that's probably what's gonna end up happening interesting i'm curious to see how it shakes out between the ot memes and prequel memes who has the stronger say Mm -hmm. we'll see uh but that brings us to the main topic we wanted to talk about today true we talked a little bit about exploring the post six era right mike yeah, we talked. We we've been you know on and off talking about that, and a lot of people, and again, what I just brought up with saying if Baby Yoda shows gets brought to the temple at the end of Mandalorian, he ends up dying at the hands of Ben Solo. You you are limited with your storytelling in a way. Mm-hmm. So, I want to pick your brain about where you stand on the idea of Star Wars exploring alternate timelines. Yeah, this is an interesting question because I think I brought up the Revenge of the Sith video game to you earlier today. Yes, that's and what spawned this. Yeah, that's what that's the, that was the genesis for this conversation. Um, now, it would depend. I feel like for me, it would have to depend on the type of medium that they use to do it. Okay. Um, just start this conversation off there. Um, I'm not sure if I would want to see like a movie of something that wasn't technically like canon right do you think that even ever happened a non-canon film yeah i'll say yes okay i i I don't know how likely it would be as certain like anytime soon but i could see a world where like a specific filmmaker like i think i think it would have to be a very specific case of like hey um 
Star Wars isn't making money anymore, maybe. So we need to do like Star Wars cross Guardians of the Galaxy or something weird like that. I don't know. Oh my god. Like I would not want to see that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't either, but I, I do think that nothing's off the table when you talk about franchises, honestly. Um Yeah, I wanna see Spider Man on Tatooine. Yeah, why not? You know? Yeah. Batman with a lightsaber. Anakin and Obi Wan. Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting it out on the Brooklyn Bridge. Please. That'd be fun. (laughs) Uh, um, So, you you talk about not necessarily seeing it being done in a film. What avenue do you think would work best for you personally? Comic books. Okay. Huge, huge time. I mean, I'm I'm generally, uh, like, into this idea. I don't know about you. Uh, Yeah, I am. Because... I think something damaging to this era of Star Wars, even since, like, even before the Disney purchase, like, having a galaxy that's been fully realized the way it is of having such a strict timeline, it's like, yeah, there is Luke and Luke, but yeah, <laughs> that was in, like, that's when Luke was 34, you know, and then, like, 37, he has all these other weird journeys, like, it still had a fluidity to it of like everything happened that I feel like, especially in the Disney era has been a lot more strict. And the thing that I felt has suffered the most from that strictness is the video games. Um, because I'm sure you remember some of the quotes about battlefront where like, why would you want to run around as a pink Darth Vader? You can't do that. That's not real. Right. which is like a little bit away from necessarily alternate timeline stuff but just like the willingness to experiment with star wars and its characters and stories i think sticking to one canon timeline restricts you in that way yeah so i would want to see them experiment with it i would definitely want to see them experiment with it too and i think it's been proven you can do it in the past like yeah um just look at like the force unleashed yeah force unleashed was a real we did an entire episode about that and it was like we kind of missed that weird little like here's something you probably didn't need fleshed out but it is a really interesting story from a new perspective that paints darth vader the emperor and the rebellion in a new light and we didn't need a movie for it so i do think you're on the right track with saying it doesn't have to be a film um i don't think it doesn't i don't think it like shouldn't not be a film no it it could it could be and i think like it doesn't even have to be like a crossover to be a film i just think it's more unlikely that it would be a film yeah there's a lot of (sighs) speculation isn't the right term and like rumor is not the right term either because this is just a fallacy but (laughs) (laughs) i've seen some youtube channels and stuff in the past like maybe two weeks saying like lucas is back on board 2021 there's gonna be a ton of retcons about some star wars timeline stuff and i've heard nothing about george lucas coming back on board yeah i I saw it posted somewhere the other day and i like read a little bit about it i was like okay this is clearly fake but then i got thinking about it (laughs) like yeah yeah i i think to i i think an avenue they could take to do like alternate timelines in star wars could be like okay so seven eight nine happened but that's this weird still canon but like dark timeline where uh i don't know some some event that triggered ben turning like sidious super died in this new timeline that lucas is coming back in to tell mm-hmm. you know like yeah i could see them do it that way where we're like hey new timeline for the lucas story which is going to be quote unquote the real 789 and then like we can have wacky weird adventures in the 789 universe we have but... yeah i mean i think i think yeah i think I don't know. I, I think just having the ability to do alternate timelines and stuff mm-hmm. is more effective, like, in, like, a written medium. Yeah. Like, I think I think it would just be really cool to see, like, like a non-canon, like, 
just interpretation of like a luke skywalker adventure or something like that yeah after revenge uh, after return of the jedi Mm -hmm. Um, or just like even like entire like runs of comic books that are just like non-canon um i think that would just be really interesting and kind of fun but at the same Mm -hmm. time it's like why would you expend those resources to make those things yeah and and make them non-canon right like why don't you just make like a canon thing Mm -hmm. it's it's tricky because like something like star wars where you have a name like skywalker that is just so marketable you know like be it luke or anakin um you can there's like potential there you know it's like here's this weird elseworlds going with like the revenge of the sith alternate video game ending right here's this alternate history where anakin survived and he killed obi-wan and he killed the emperor what does anakin's empire look like you know yeah i feel like that's an interesting story you could tell that if you just did it canon and we're like okay we're skipping 30,000 years in the future some guy who's similar to anakin and his story killed his master and then led the empire you know like i, I feel see. like yeah you know like it's less the sacrifice you make to make it canon i feel like for fans makes it less interesting in a way or at least less immediately grasping your attention because there's also been rumor not really rumors but like people thrown out there that hayden christensen's coming back right mm-hmm. could you imagine what like twitter would be like if one day we wake up and it's like hayden christensen is starring as emperor vader in a <laughs> spin-off alternate. alternate history sequel where he never got burned obi-wan is dead like could you imagine what that would be like that would be super interesting that would be super interesting um i guess the yeah i guess the only way that it would work is if it were an alternate history of the yeah. star wars universe mm-hmm. um, some like major thing would have to be changed in some significant way like anakin yeah. never being burned <laughs> mm-hmm. and i think it's an interesting conversation to have too because like at the point we're at right now with the clear love of the prequels you know clone wars really rejuvenating a lot of spirit and energy into that time period um it's like the the prime age to hit people people with nostalgia is the age of the people that love the prequels right now Mm -hmm. so like looking at it from a business perspective it's difficult to capitalize on that nostalgia when your lead from the film side uh is burned and darth vader you know like yeah there's ahsoka and we can experiment and explore her and where she was from the end of clone wars to the beginning of rebels but the more you stick to the timeline the more granular and small scale you get in terms of what story you can tell you know that's true um really honestly i feel like yeah it would have to be something pretty spectacular that was changed like darth vader was never never became darth vader essentially yeah um or what if mace windu never (laughs) what if what if mace windu actually arrested the chancellor yeah or killed the chancellor yeah and honestly you know what that actually just made me think of something else too uh because of your specific phrasing like marvel does this all the time they have since the beginning right like you talk about doing it in comics, which I think makes sense, just because Marvel Comics does have their multiple, like their multiverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Disney Plus, I believe either this year or next year, Marvel is releasing an animated series called What If, and their shorts like, what if uh, Peggy Carter was Captain America? What if Marvel heroes were all dead and zombies? Like they're experimenting with it in that way and having the actual actors from the films return to voice their animated characters seriously oh that's interesting yeah so like i wonder if star wars would take this approach you know like if they do it through television rather than comics or film that's so interesting yeah so do you think there's potential there with what if because 
yeah, maybe alternate history for films is too much of a stretch unless it's a big grand change, like Anakin not transitioning to Vader. But like you said, the what if Mace Windu successfully arrested the Chancellor or what if Qui-Gon didn't get stabbed, you know? Yeah, true. I mean, like, that'd be interesting. Do you think it would? Yeah. Are, are they like separate episodes? Like just like one episode is like one scenario and like the next episode's like a completely unrelated scenario yeah interesting yeah and i i think there's so much potential there like clearly we have all these ideas already and i'm sure after we're done recording we're gonna think of like 15 more like what if order 66 didn't go through what if they all defected what if they found the chip true what if what if everyone believed fives yeah like (laughs) I, I really do think that there's potential there, and I think what it's just going to take is just a little more flexibility in terms of what's canon, and having that rigidity of if we produce it, it's canon. Yeah. But do you think realistically, realistically, anytime soon we get stuff like this? I think like within the next decade. I don't know if you consider that soon. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> when you talk about a franchise. I think that yeah that's pretty soon yeah i feel like that's pretty soon but yeah i do think that we're gonna get something like that eventually yes and i think we're gonna get it first in like a comic book i could see that like something yeah, like I that could, something and, yeah and i could see a comic approach yeah and it'll be like a little bit less like it'll be smaller scale mm-hmm. i think once we explore the gap between six and seven fully then we might dip into the more like okay so maybe revisit the prequels and tell a story about if uh jar jar didn't like make that uh what was it vote of confidence or yeah, something right. in palpatine no he he uh he granted misa grant him emergency powers right. Right. Uh, palpatine is the one who voted no confidence in valorum that's what happened that's what happened in episode one and then the emergency yeah. powers happened in episode two yes so i honestly there's a lot of stuff for them to mine here and even if the next decade of star wars films is exploring new characters new eras new content i i think it's safe to say we're not we haven't seen the last of anakin or luke or obi-wan no we haven't definitely we're we're gonna see him again do you think do you think mark hamill would ever come back to like voice luke skywalker i think voice yes i think if we it it, when we get the han luke leia show i think mark hamill returns why do you say when because it's gonna happen dude (laughs) like we got a sequel show we got a prequel show the prequel show was incredibly successful and we have 30 years to fill in between six and seven it's gonna happen right. um i don't think it's gonna happen within the next year maybe we get an announcement before 2022 but i think it's coming you think you think he's gonna come back and voice himself though i think the chance is high i think it's more likely than not um yeah i, I, I think would, yeah i agree if it was live action i think lucas would have to be the one directing yeah, I think Mark Hamill's kind of fed up with Disney Star Wars. Yeah, like, because, you know, like, Filoni and Lucas have that relationship where I think he Lucas could be put in a good word of like, hey, this guy, he's great. They probably know each other, right, Hamill and Filoni? Definitely. I'm sure they've met. Yeah. So, like, if George gave his blessing to Mark and he was like, hey, you know, just it's gonna be great i did the treatment this guy's writing the script you're gonna enjoy it i think he would come back for that probably um i kind of want to see dave filoni take like a kevin feige role in the star wars universe Mm -hmm. um and i yeah i I don't know mark yeah i had something in my head but then i forgot it well even another thing too of just hamill returning to a character He's repeatedly said he's done with the Joker, and then he comes back for, like, one more project that he's really excited about. So, I I think him being done with Luke, because I do think that was a headline that went around over the past month. Um, 
I remember what I was going to say. Go for it. Oh, they really did Mark Hamill dirty in The Rise of Skywalker. He's in one scene. Yeah. That's that's yeah. like that's upsetting. And it's yeah, like a really it's did. like a joke scene. Like It's rough. Not to not to just completely dampen on that, but <laughs> No. It's it's it is rough, you know, and I'm sure he just probably needs some time away from it, you know. Yeah. And voice acting, he, that's his thing, so I'm sure he'd be open to it. I'm sure he would. So, uh, that is going to do it, though. I believe we have exhausted our well of what-if scenarios. I think we put in a good we put in a good hour, though. Yeah, for sure. Good episode. Yeah. Uh, I hope, listeners, I hope you enjoyed. If you have any of your own what-if scenarios you want to see Disney or Lucasfilm explore... Drop them in the comments yes or if you're a listener on apple Podcasts or spotify or any of the other podcast services you can reach out on twitter let us know at jedi knights jc or our individual twitters mike where can they find you yeah you can find me on twitter at mike p connors very nice uh you can follow me on twitter or instagram at chris and buckley um click a like subscribe (laughs) donate to the patreon uh yeah hit them all let's do it very nice um smash that like button smash it smash it or dislike if you youtube sees it as engagement you know but we prefer see it as a pro or con we prefer you if we prefer if you smash the like button yeah please well that's gonna do it for this week uh everyone stay safe enjoy star wars content i'm sure we're gonna get mando news for next week but i'm sure we will yeah uh until then we're fine everything's fine how are you may the force be with you general kenobi